you're about to you're you're about to have somebody come streaking down the stairs, aren't you? Let's Tell hope me. it's not a streak. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Because that would either be a child or my wife. When I... <laughs> it's it's Friday night. It's nine yeah. o'clock. Hey, when does this go live? <laughs> Here on what's on Joe Biden's oh. YouTube channel. Uh <laughs> See, hey, man. I, I try to I try to pin that on Joe Colton, but we can't stop from screwing around right at the beginning of the show either. Nah, so. nah it's fine. Nah. Anyways, I'm Mike Garazzari. Uh, with me, of course, this evening, uh, former head of marketing for the G.I. Joe brand right. at Hasbro, Inc. It's the Hot Show, Mark Weber. The Hot Show! We'll brand manage for food, if you like. You know, Not if you have a... No, I don't. I'm not picky. Hey, if you got if you got a brand and you want to make more money, I know a guy. Just saying, <laughs> you can be had for a just a big bag of caramel M and M's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just put out those uh, those three D Doritos, right? That's oh, good yeah. stuff. I pay me in that. I don't care. Whatever. Just strap a feed bag to my head, and I'll fix your ailing brand. Would, would a three-dimensional Dorito somehow taste different than a two-dimensional Dorito? That's a good point. I mean, you get that, you know, you get the crunch of collapsing it in your mouth. So I guess it's more of an experience thing. I'm uh, I'm not that big on Doritos. I, I'm, I don't regularly have them stocked, but once in a while, like... And and yeah. it's it's that way here at, at Casa de Rock, Rack Time. But uh, anytime, if we open the bag of Doritos, that bag is not making it to the end of the day. <laughs> right. <laughs> but then, then it's like it's 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 a couple of weeks before before any we even think about Doritos again. So that that's me and Pringles, right? Well, if, yeah. If I was in charge of Pringles, I would change the packaging so it said servings one, because <laughs> I mean it just is, and you really shouldn't do the whole tube, right? But. I mean, once once you're at the point where it's hard to get to them, you're pretty much vested. They they warn you, man. Once you pop, you can't stop. That's it, man. You're always making the little duck thing, and man, what a mess. But yeah, be Pringles, like, that's my forbidden fruit. Be like Rick and Morty, you know, stack the different flavors. Right? Yeah, then yeah. One, then Robot Morty will come in and tack them. <laughs> I never watched enough Rick and Morty. Like, I, I know some of it. I'm up with my Pickle Rick, y'all. But... Uh, it, it, I never it, watched enough of that. It's a quality show, man. It, it, you can't let. It's almost reached the point where the internet has hyped it so so much that it can't possibly live up to it. But it's really, right. it's really solid. Yeah, I should check it out because there, you know, sometimes there's shows that just don't look like anything like regular show that are yeah. hysterical. So yeah, you know, I'm not judging a book by its cover. I mean, I watched AEW this week. I don't have very high standards, so for uh, comedy. Oh, I I, uh, I have to say that for the most part, I don't necessarily always get what's going on on the undercard in AEW. Like it's it just seems all really low stakes. Yeah, but the booking for it is generally something I can I can follow. And this week, their booking just lost me. I, I just I, don't understand what they're doing. I, I hesitate to even call it booking really like, but it, it's uh like I said, I, I can usually make 
make sense out of why somebody wins and why somebody else loses. But this week, I, I couldn't do that with AEW. So, and if you were a fan, if you're a fan of the Jacksonville Jaguars, or I forget what English team they also own, the Cons, and the guy running AEW is also holding high positions with both of those squads. Unless those squads are just killing it. And last I saw the Jaguars weren't, <laughs> I would be a little, I would be a little bent at seeing, you know, our executive, you know, quality control president or whatever hey, running around on Wednesday they nights. Let, they let the football people run the football stuff. I suppose. He's he's front office. He's got to evaluate the football people. And they just they just turned some of them over and turn them out so yeah well it's urban meyer now right right i'm sure he'll be there in five years right <laughs> can't imagine him hitting the hitting the silk on on the jacksonville jaguars no, no not after his last two high profile jobs involved um you know getting getting sick from the stress and, and right. to, to turn in his keys no that yeah. won't happen to the pro team no it'll go it'll go terrible and he'll get out or, I mean, he's a great coach. Maybe he actually translates and he'll be gone as soon as he can. I'm so two years. Yeah. Two years no, no offense to the fine people of Jacksonville, Florida, but I spent a month there one weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That says it all. That was tough. That says Rough, it all. Tough sledding. Anyway. Florida, Florida is America's tourism wonderland, except Jacksonville. I mean... I, I don't know, man. Like you can do the Disney World thing, but I mean, I'm not built for the sun anyway. But when you put humidity on top of it, that's yeah. just like you know grinding the knuckle into the bullet wound. I don't need that. When I get old enough that I'm constitutionally required to move there, I may flee the country. We'll see. Well, you can go the other way. Go to Arizona. I've been to Arizona. Yeah, I'm just saying, and you got to go back. I have a friend who does stand-up comedy, and one of his bits is, he says, "Hey, I went to, a, I was educated in Catholic school. How many people here in Catholic school?" And somebody puts their hand up in the crowd, and he goes, "How many years were you in for?" That's, about that's right. how I feel. That's how I feel about Arizona sometimes. Like, there's no way I should have survived 15 summers in Arizona. No way. Go to New Mexico. You know. Yeah, I've been to New Mexico too. In some parts, some parts nice. Other parts, man, not so much. It's like Arizona, but uh, high on dope. Oh man, yeah, exactly right. I was at a wedding in Albuquerque once. That was good. an outdoor wedding with me in the tie, <laughs> lime green shirt. It was good looking. Let me tell you. <laughs> anyway, anyway, what are we talking about? Our our third host, Joe Colton, is uh, she is not with us right now. She will be along shortly. We hope uh, had some last minute uh, stuff come along that's that's going to preclude her from being here on time. She's barely here on time as it is, so whatever. We'll just proceed on like like we normally do. Oh, yeah, but it's not like we're rudderless, right? We are we are laser focused. Yeah, I mean, well, look, it's all it's less than eight minutes, and we're about to get to the news, so it, it's really not that bad. Yeah. Normally, we're but really if people. If people had were privy to the very secret documents that we call the rundown, the very first thing listed is potpourri. It's spelled wrong, but whatever. It's got so, a it, it's topery. Yeah, it's, no, it's Joe Perry. Joe Perry. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. 
Anyhow, <laughs> let me get my let me. Speaking of the rundown, let me pull that up. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, we we uh, we do have some business we got to take care of before we get to all the fun stuff. Uh, so let's uh, we're gonna go with the news. Do, 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 do. First news item: uh, Toys R Us has been purchased again. According to MSN.com on March 15th, quote, WHP Global, a New York-based brand management company, announced Monday it has bought a controlling interest in Toys R Us parent company and will now manage TRU Kids' business and growth. Terms of the deal weren't disclosed, end quote. Toys R Us shuttered all of its U.S. locations in 2018, but the company still operates its website and over 700 non-United States locations. WHP Global claims that the TRU brand still generates, quote, $2 billion in retail sales. WHP Global is a conglomerate that purchases struggling retail entities in an effort to turn their fortunes around and already owns Ann Klein and Joseph Abowd. So, okay, there's that. Mark Weber, your thoughts here? Look, I'm uh, I, no, no spin and not being coy or anything. Toys R Us is always going to have a really special place in my heart because we didn't have one in Bend. So I would only get to go to one like once or twice a year when we went to Portland or when we visited the grandparents in Michigan. Like it was a legitimate pilgrimage. And you know, if you're if you get in the way back machine, like there was stuff I missed because it was never advertised as a young rabid Joe fan. I never knew Night Force even existed because it wasn't on the cartoon, was never advertised in any kind of on television or in any kind of handout or thing that came with the figures. So, you know, it didn't happen because I would have lost my mind if I'd seen them. But that annual pilgrimage up to Toys R Us in Portland, you know, could have well had young Webb walk down the aisle and just lose his mind and start twitching on the floor. Like, it was just, it, even even recently, it still gave me that feeling when I would walk in, right? Even now when everything's on the net, nothing surprises me truly at retail much anymore. Just walking down those giant tall aisles and uh, it'll always be my favorite store, right? And yeah. and when it closed, it, it really hurt. I mean, when I worked for Toy State, the main reason they closed their doors was the, the closure of Toys R Us. It was their only real brick and mortar. And there were a lot of medium level toy companies that were crippled or completely closed by the closure of Toys R Us North America. And I know there's still some uh, in Asia Pac and still TRU Canada never closed their doors. But if Toys R Us can legitimately come back, even if it's only limited locations, I think that'd be phenomenal. I mean, especially if they only opened like eight, right, by Christmas, but they were near, you know, the major population centers. It would be such a destination place that, you know, I, I think even rolling it out slow, it would be a tremendous success. So I'm all, I'm all for it. I don't want to get too hype. Like, it, they'll, be, they'll be open tomorrow. But Toys R Us coming back is only good for everyone. Yeah, there's been all kinds of speculation in regards to um, how 
Toys R Us is going to reappear and when Toys R Us is going to reappear. We don't know anything. Nobody knows anything. Um, so this is entirely speculative. I, I don't think we're going to see anything hiding or hair of them until next year at the earliest. Yeah. But, but think about, like, you know, they were always the place that was after the exclusive stuff, right? More so than Walmart or Target. Because they're they were a destination store. They really needed reasons for you to come there rather than anywhere else. But the prices weren't jacked up, crazy expensive. And when was I mean, can you remember a Toys R Us exclusive that you broke your back trying to find? Right? I can't. There were some that were harder than others. Yeah. But by and large, they knew how to play that game better than anyone. And yeah. especially in with the recent climate, right? Wouldn't you just love to have a Toys R Us store, just one, in driving distance? Because you know they'd play that, they'd play that right. And you'd be driving there to get your toy rather than driving there to wait to hassle the guy when the store opens about whether or not Pop Finder has uh, clued you in that it's actually on the truck. Like, it shouldn't be that hard. And it never was a Toys R Us. I'm thinking that the hardest I worked for a Toys R Us exclusive was for the Cobra Infantry six-packs. Okay. And that was about 2003. Did you get a bunch, though? And or I, were you just trying I, for one? I wound up with six or seven of them. Like yeah. it, that was that was the hardest I worked for to get what and then because after that initial push they just started to show up in better numbers. Uh, yeah. I mean I was in Kansas City at the time, so Lord knows nobody ships anything there, and even right. we still got some. So you you know why they don't ship stuff to Kansas City? Royals fans. Well, uh, Royals fans, man. It's a uh, no. Nobody gets anything on that freeway unless they pay. Some under the table money to Buddy Bacalana. <laughs> I can just see the Kansas City Joe fans picking up that six pack and going, I don't see Frank White in here. I don't see Amos Otis in here. What's Mike Mustakas doing in here? What what's important here is you're not bitter. No, I got none of that. I got nothing but love. <laughs> so anyway, it's a it's a, a little eternal baseball nod right here early yeah. in the program tonight. How's the side gig going for you, Weber? You know what? We're a sixth of the way into the season now, uh, and it's just starting to get uh, divisional races are starting to kick in. So it was kind of cool to see. Uh, it was Yanks, Red Sox this week, and, and Dodgers, Giants, and and the teams you expect to be good are good, and the teams who you expect not to be good are not. Um, and it's pretty much all the expect the the young expansion teams, right? Your Miamis and your Tampas. And, and the Nationals and, sadly, the returning Expos are not real good. But they had a series this weekend, and I thought, what better baseball blood feud could there be than Expos Nationals, right? You <laughs> stole our franchise, and now we're back. It's what Cleveland-Baltimore should be in the NFL, right? Yeah. But Cleveland's just been dreadful for 25 years, 23 years. But now that, now that it looks like Cleveland – is I don't say rolling, but competitive. Maybe we'll get that Cleveland Baltimore rivalry. But you should what's worse than playing the city who stole your franchise? Right? Yeah, like that's good. 
And isn't isn't Matt Stover still kicking for them? No, I would. I gotta imagine, right? He he's probably on the practice squad or something. Or maybe that maybe that Browns guy hit him with his own helmet. And now he's <laughs> convalescing somewhere. It's single bar helmet. <laughs> you get more swing on him. Get that whip <laughs> for that el, for that El Cabong. <laughs> Anyhow. Next news item. Do, 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 do. We have details on the G.I. Joe Mini Mates from Diamond Select Toys. And let me go ahead and, and get this. Oh. Share. Share. Uh, share Here us. comes the V. Right. And it's, that it's goes A and V. Right. It's 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 audio. It's video anyway. Yeah. Well, we're the audio. Well, sure. But anyways, you see uh, Scarlet, Storm Shadow, Cobra Commander, and Snake Eyes uh, version two there, based on their classic looks. Um, but a four-figure set based on the classic Real American Hero takes of those characters will be released as part of Diamond Select Toys' free comic book day exclusives on August 4th. According to the new source we've attributed down below, uh, each figure will be single-carded within the box set. Uh, retail price is expected to be $29.99. Ask for them at your local comic shop. Uh, we'd love to tell you how to order these. It's not going to be through your normal, just pre-order on the internet type of methods. You need to set this up with your local comic shop. So uh, that would be where to point to, and, and obviously, depending on where you're buying them from, that method could change. Mm. So if you don't have a local comic shop, buddy up with somebody who does. If you don't know where it is because you don't buy comics, shame on you, and maybe you should learn. Yeah, it's an educational opportunity. <laughs> right, that's what we'll call it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So oh, where where they go? All right, you want them back? You get them back. What your what are your thoughts there, Mark Weber? I'm I'm not a mini mate guy, right? Don't have don't have one in my collection anywhere. But I don't have any hate for mini mates either, right? I, I dig it. They're uh, they're articulated. You can pose them out a little bit. I think they've done for for their basic mini mate buck, right? I think they've done a, an outstanding job here. Like the the attention to detail is really incredible. I I'm lamenting Scarlet's lack of a nose, but what are you gonna do? That's, that's all mini mates, though. Yeah, I get it. You know. Yeah. Well. Okay. So there is no brutal chest cut. So I like that. Um, yeah. It, for mini mates, these are damn near perfect, right? Other than I'm not sure where Snake Eyes' weapons are. They're all holstered. Um, but Cobra Command. Cobra Commander looks outstanding with the cape and the shading on the on the silver. Would have been easy just to go full silver on the mask, right? But the the texturing and stuff that's real good. The the only one other than Snake Eyes weapons, which I assume are holstered or not pictured. How how Scarlet not have a crossbow? That's my that's my only nitpick. Other than this, if you're a mini mate guy, I think you got to be in, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I think there too. It just we're just not seeing it. They didn't have it ready for okay for, for press time, but 
mini baits have they've been around for a quarter of a century now and they've found their audience they found their niche yep it's it's hard to criticize that they're doing something wrong because they're certainly not um anybody who can make a, a highly specialized highly stylized type of figure like this and, and put it out in today's market and not just survive but expand and take on licenses is pretty pretty amazing yeah. so all, all the love in the world to the mini mate folks i don't think this is going to be my 30 dollars. no um i i don't i don't need even more stuff that doesn't like they're not going to build anything close to a complete line of mini mate joes i don't think right so i certainly don't need four of them that aren't gonna that aren't gonna have friends to play with yeah, I mean, basically, when something comes along that's a new skew or a new style, a new size, a new whatever, there's pretty much three ways to go after it as a collector. I, I collect it, I got to have them all, or I don't need them, but if they put out my guy, right, or one that's just ridiculous, okay, I'll get that one. Like, yeah. if the if the Beachhead Mini Mate comes out and it looks this good, I know yeah. there will be one on your shelf, right? Yeah, but probably. there won't be there won't there won't be Beachhead Mini Mate Party Twenty One. Correct. That's not that's not happening. And then there's I I you know I'm even if you're not rooting against it, the idea of I don't like it, it's not for me, I won't need any of them. That's where I was with the uh, uh, the gen, what was the Gentle Giant, the twelve inch shows that were beautiful. They were they were fantastic, but I knew from the price point that I would never be there. Only if they went ludicrous and made like interrogator, right? Or maybe ace I might have bid on. But at at 150, I just knew I'm not I cannot swim in those waters, so I won't even start. Um, but for these guys, these are right in that middle category for me. Don't need them. Uh, if they make a stealer or an interrogator. You know, I could be swayed for that guy, but I, I'm not going to have a whole bunch of these. But that doesn't mean I wish them poorly. I hope they do great. It's a great license for them to get, and it's a good pull from ha for Hasbro to team up with because it doesn't step on anything they're doing. They're not right. doing Creo figures anymore. They're never going to license out to Lego. So this yeah. is great. This is great. Even if you don't like it, right? Even if it's not your thing, this is great for the brand. It's a good job by both companies. Absolutely. Anytime there's interest in the brand for new audiences, it's a good thing. Yep. Right? We say that again and again and again. Yep. Someday people will believe us, but our story will be the same. Hey, man. This voice of reason is a very lonely position, but yeah. whatever. That's 10 years of us, man. 10 years. Right? It's that nobody, everybody's always, you're the dog that's running down the street in the mummy movie, right? Going, arf, 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 and nobody's paying attention to him. Right? They're just, shut up, dog, shut up. That's a lonely job, man. But in the end of the at the end of the movie, when the entire town's had their brains eaten, that dog's, you know, ruling the roots pretty much. So right. that's us. That's us. Old Yeller. <laughs> Wait a minute. They shot old Yeller. <laughs> yeah, right. Matt Rubin asks, do mini mates fit in Lego vehicles? Uh no. No, uh, mini mates are significantly taller than Legos. Lego guys. <laughs> I was going to use an old Pacific video line. A gal brought rented a uh, 
Sega Genesis cartridge and brought it back because it didn't fit in her Nintendo 64. And she said, she brought it back and said, yeah, this game wouldn't work in my Nintendo. I said, you didn't push hard enough. <laughs> Anything will fit. You just got to. Right. Got to be got to be committed. So, yeah, you can get that guy to you can get Storm Shadow in that vamp. <laughs> push. <laughs> yep. There it is. Oh, I'm throwing crap around. Okay. To the next news item. Where'd he go? There it goes. Uh, Mezco Destro is up for pre-order. Mezco's 112th scale Destro figure is available for pre-order on their website. Uh, has over 30 points of articulation, three different heads, six sets of hands, uh, and an exhausting list of weapons, extras, and details retailing at $100. Uh, Mezco is collecting $25 of this upfront as a non-refundable deposit. So be sure you really want to make this purchase before you do so. Expected ship time is winter 2022. <laughs> and so uh, we some questions answered from last week when, when we first announced this was going to be available. They fi we finally have a retail price on it. Uh, but uh, 100 bucks and a year's wait. Mark Weber, are you in? I mean, let's, first, let's be very careful with saying a year's wait, right? Because to quote uh, Dr. Hannibal Lecter, that is very slippery of you, Agent Starling. Winter 2022 could be January, February, November, or December, right? I I guess that's true. I, I, I saw January to March. Okay. And good winter. Okay, fair, fair enough. Uh, I'm... I thought about it, but no, I'm not in. Uh, just hundred bucks for a six-inch figure, even though it's it's really it's striking. It's really well done, and there ain't nothing wrong with Destro, uh, other than other than the cheesy grinning head. But you know what? If you're gonna give us three heads and one of them is subpar or wonky, all right, you you kind of get a pass on that. Don't like it? Don't use it. At least right. you're not stuck with it. And it'll make, you know, there'll be so many cool photos using cheesy Destro face once it comes out that we'll probably be better for it as a community. So I like I like it. I'm, I don't have any Mezco figures, so I'm not that familiar with them personally, but I know most people really, really like them. So, but I would only be buying it on the hope that the next few that come make me want to have the whole collection. And I just, I couldn't drop a hundred bucks on something. I mean, I guess it'll always go up in price, I'd imagine. So maybe it's a safe bet, but I just, I don't know. It, it still weirds me out that Hasbro is licensing a different six inch figure. And I know Mexico tends to go a little, a little enlarged on their scale. So maybe it'll be a little more than six inches, but I just, it, I don't know. I I didn't go. I didn't bite. How about you? No, no, certainly not. Um, I, I mean, if second second figure in the line will of course be Mezco Interrogator. So we well, know you're in. A, but and then and then we'll find out if this is middle category, right? If I only need Steeler and I mean that's I say it all the time, but that's that's why collecting is awesome. You define your own collection. So yes. maybe I'm only going to do original 13 Joes and not having Destro is not a problem. 
or maybe I end up paying for it and I'm buying that Destro for 200 bucks next April. We'll see. But for now, I'm good where I'm at. I think the, I think the win here for them though is, and it'll be interesting to see if, if Hasbro's keeping them away. If I'm the Mezco guy, right? My, uh, my first figure was Destro. My second figure is Hawk, right? Or somebody the classified line hasn't done, right? Mm -hmm. It's Snow Job with skis, or it's Wetsuit or Torpedo, a Frogman that you don't have in classified. I would be trying to hit something Hasbro's not doing. Because uh, if they're going to let you play at that scale, you know, I would, I would test the boundaries. See sure. what I could do that they that they haven't gotten to yet or don't want to do for whatever reason. I think that's a that's a huge opportunity for them. So you know we'll see we'll see where they end up. But I like it. It's a great fig. I, nothing wrong with it. But the price point's a little prohibitive for me uh, at the six inch scale. Yeah, yeah, same. Ultimately, that's that's what it always comes down to for me. If I had a hundred bucks to spend on a GI Joe. I'd spend it on three quarters of a Cobra infantry from Target. Right. <laughs> or you get more beachheads. Right. <laughs> maybe maybe one or two more. Right. They're going, right? Uh, or or four crotch pieces and then it's surgery time. Oh no, I mean it'd be a hell it'd be probably a hundred crotch pieces for a hundred dollars. <laughs> There's the, no no broken beachheads don't sell for nothing. Right. You got a whole beachhead, and that that price just keeps inching inching upwards. You got to find something with broken thumbs but good crotches, right? There's your I value play. I've never seen that. Yeah. I've never seen that. Anyways, I got we'll ha we'll have more on that later because I I did did find another one for an, an acceptable price. There you go. But uh, next news item. Do do do. Hasbro Pulse Fan Fest announced. Dun, 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 dun. From the press release, the virtual event will take place April 9th at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time exclusively on the Hasbro Pulse Fan Fest page and live on the Hasbro Pulse YouTube channel. Fans can look forward to never before seen content, product reveals, engaging panels, and activations from Hasbro brands, including G.I. Joe, Power Rangers, and Transformers, as well as premier partner brands Marvel, Star Wars, and Fortnite. Special guest appearances include Henry Golding, star of the upcoming film Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins, and cast members of the new series Power Rangers Dino Fury. Uh, if Hasbro is allotting one hour of time per property, as is hinted at their website, G.I. Joe should take center stage at 2 p.m. that day, but that's not confirmed at this point, so keep an air to the ground. Uh, also, Hasbro Pulse Premium members will be able to virtually attend a special event on April 8th, that's the day before, at 4 p.m., and will also be able to pre-order FanFest exclusives before the general public has access at 5 p.m. on April 9th. So mm -hmm. your, your membership does have its privileges. And so uh, one other thing I wanted to, to bring up here. There's the FanFest graphic. And there's Joe Colton. Hey, she made the program. She did. She's right there. You read Hasbro Fan Pulse FanFest and then boom, Joe Colton. Just like that. I wonder what they paid her for that. 
can you imagine the mountains of legal paperwork she had to go through just so to approve the image for use for non-commercial like i'm i'm sure they they did that with all these images right i'm sure they're I'm, all legally I'm, buttoned up it must be a large corporation like hasbro i'm sure certainly they've dotted their eyes and crossed their t's i would i would just assume so right mm. Um, no, it's it's like I said on Facebook, hashtag pay the woman. Right. But she's oh. killing it, killing it right there. That's one of the, you know, one of the money locations, I think, over here. Clearly. I mean, it's. Uh, yeah, it's they, they, the, uh, wow. And she's not even here to see it. She knows. It's she the only, she only Joe. Of it, so she knows. It's but, the only uh, Joe image, right? There's no other Joe stuff. Here. There oh, Baroness. Up there, too. Fair enough. And, uh, but, but, you know, that's, that's just one of those, Hey, we, you could tell they sent the interns out there type in GI Joe cosplayer. And of course, Joe Colton is going to be probably most of the first dozen results you get back. Yep. And, um, you know, she didn't finish fourth in your contest last year or anything. She doesn't have any idea this is going on, but this wasn't, I don't hey. think she sub did you submit Scarlet in that contest? She did, but she did not submit that photo. Mm, okay. So they don't have ownership of that photo. Well. Anyway. I've asked, I've asked these questions. Right? Yeah. Well, I'm glad somebody's asking those questions. Look, you know, that's 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 my co-host. That's my that's my five year partner right there. Yeah. Hashtag yeah. is all I'm saying. Yeah, we gotta we gotta you know protect protect the interests. So she, she's too nice, but not me. I'm an ass. No. I will you're, say, pay Joe Colton. Well, that you're you're filling the role of the business manager, right? Or the or the wrestling manager, right? Hit him with a tennis racket. Bill. I think that second one is is certainly that's that's more like it. Yeah, I, I dig it. I'm I'm kind of the Mister Fuji to Yokozuna at this point. Still waiting for season two of Fuji Vice. Can't believe we never got that. <laughs> along with along with Firefly, right? One of the great sadnesses of my life: the cancellation of Fuji Vice. Oh, Fuji Vice! <laughs> my God, there's some obscurity. So good. <laughs> So, uh, Mark Weber, what's um, it, what's funny about this is we we list they they put out uh, first first part of the week we heard that Hasbro Pulse Fan Fest was coming, uh, mm -hmm. and we didn't know much else about it. And I, I posted up there, rumor has it we'll see some some movie product, and wouldn't you know it, the Hasbro GI Joe panel uh, panelists Hallie and Lenny from the Hasbro GI Joe team. Uh, Yo Joe, Snake Eyes, GI Joe Origins, toys revealed. There we go. So that's an easy layup for for your old pal Uncle Mike. Mm -hmm. uh, join members of the Hasbro marketing and design teams as they debut exciting new products from the upcoming Snake Eyes feature film. Get an in depth look at the stealthy Snake Eyes Ninja Strike role play toys and the latest additions to the highly detailed classified series collection. Plus, we've received intel that Snake Eyes himself, Henry Golding, 
will be making a guest appearance to unveil his signature action figure. So that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's great news because we haven't, you know, other than that one still image, you know, it has been radio silence around the Joe, uh, the Joe movie. So, and that is the, you know, the brand manager and the, the marketing guy in me, but how you can let something get out and say, quote, from the upcoming Snake Eyes feature film, you probably should have the title correct, right? Whatever the official title is, you should officially use in your own press release here. Yeah. Just, it's nitpicky, but it's, you know, it's quality. Get it right. I, I just, I'm going to, to, um, to compliment Henry Golding in that he seems very enthused about this project. Well, I mean, hopefully, I mean, hopefully it's, I mean, we're all a little shell shocked, right. From GI Joe feature films and, and truly entertainment, right? Like beyond resolute and renegades, there hasn't been anything to be really excited about over the last 22 years. I mean, excited before it came out, but everything has been some level of disappointing, I think to the fan base. Um, but the hope is this is a really good movie and he's had to sit waiting for it to, you know, to hit for an extra year. So I, yeah, I get it. And, and even if it's not that good, you know, this is his, it's his action movie debut, right? So, and a potential franchise. So the one thing I'm really wondering about though, is if gold if if this follows along the snake eyes backstory at some point he's going to have a mask on he's not going to talk or he might be terribly disfigured and at any of those points they don't need henry golding anymore so even if this is a big hit if it follows you know the story that we all know this might be one and done for henry golding you gotta believe he's in the mask by movie's end. Maybe only at movie's end. Yeah, but, but I also he, think that heavily disfigured is going to turn into lightly disfigured, and we're gonna we're gonna capitalize on Henry Golding as much as we can. It could be, but you know, on on the flip, like if you can get an A list guy like Henry Golding, he's a great actor. Um, yeah, you probably you probably want to roll with that for a while, but. If the actual story that the diehards embrace mean you don't have to see his face and you don't have to hear his voice after whatever the incident is, which I assume they're going to keep, you could save yourself, what, $15 million a film? Just on that casting. And it would be exactly what the diehards want. So I'm sure Ray Park's keeping himself in shape. I bet he is. Don't you think? <laughs> you really think Ray Park let himself go? Totally. He's he's uh, sitting around. We just had him. We just had him over for pizza last week. No, it right. Was, but I can't uh, see Ray Park being Fat Thor. Right, just laying around playing video games. And <laughs> I just don't see it. But uh, no, it'll again. I I don't think they're gonna they're gonna make any moves away from him. To be honest, but. I'm just saying we had we've had GI Joe feature films before, and you know the 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 lead ticket on those was uh, was Channing Tatum, and he was really an asshole about being in 
the GI Joe franchise. He he yeah. was not confused about it at all. That's why it was it was like even in the second movie for Retaliation, a lot of that press junket stuff fell on on the Rock, who was enthused to be a part of it. He still there was still still Channing Tatum waiting out in the wings saying, "Yeah, I'm in this for a little while, and then I get killed because they don't like me." <laughs> yeah, you know, just just dicking it up. So yeah. I'm glad that we're free of that kind of an influence. Yeah, uh, sinking the movie before it has a chance to even hit theaters. I mean, even Sienna Miller was kind of like that for the first one, right? Like she had lowered herself to be in this film, even though she did a pretty good job. Yeah, I for, like it. for for what they gave her, right? Yeah. But poorly written, sure. But but as far as what was on the page and what she was able to do with it, great. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. That 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 bit where she fires fires the weapon and people and you know the uh, civilians panic and run, and a gal runs by her and she says, "Nice shoes," right? <laughs> just, just kind of barks nice shoes. Yeah, yeah it's, it's she was good. You know, it's not her fault they made her Duke's girlfriend and yeah. Cobra Commander's sister. It's not her fault, but you could tell that, you know, so, and, and the guy who played Destro, Christopher, whatever his name is, right, has talked poorly about the part, you know, as years go by. And so I like guys like The Rock may have, may have never, ever done another G.I. Joe movie, right? Because his star was was just starting to, you know, to crescendo there. But he never, ever would have talked badly about it, right? Not during it, not after it, because he's a pro's pro. So yeah. I would like, and, and it looks like, you know, in the lead up, Golding is too. So, and now, and now Channing Tatum is uh, Josh Hartnett 2.0, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a short ride, my friend. He's tap dancing Josh Hartnett. That's it. Magic Mike 3, sooner or later, <laughs> less magical. The Rock has nothing to say about any bad movie that he's in because The Rock was on television uh, during the Attitude Era, so we know he's he's worked with just terrible scripts. Yeah, well, and I remember, the one thing I remember was that at some WWE Hall of Fame thing, he was ripping Cena, and he was like, I can't wait to see you in the Marine 5 or whatever, and then he said, hey, you know what? It's all love, man. I mean... I made doom. So <laughs> he has gone there at least once in the past that I know of, but I mean, do doom was awful. So fair enough. look when a movie has, has made its money when it's gone. Yeah. Okay. Speak your mind on it. That's fine. But when you're actually actively doing press junkets for a right. movie that has not hit theaters, be a pro, right? Yeah. You yeah. know, that's that's not just the guys on screen making money on it. That's everybody else involved with the production of that. That is going on every other one of those people's resumes. And if that movie bombs, it's attached to them too. Yeah. So have some put some kind of effort into into trying to sell that movie as something people should see because there's more than your twenty million dollar ass on the line for yeah. it. And the, I think the Hall of Fame for the wrong thing to do has, wasn't it Josh Trank? Wasn't that his name on the Fantastic Four, the last movie they did? Yeah. The day before it came out, he was like, "Yeah, it's pretty much trash. It's terrible. What they did to my film. I don't know if I'd buy a ticket to see it." <laughs> yeah. Well played. Class act. Classic. Yeah. I thought wasn't he attached to a Star Wars project at that point? I that he lost? I, 
I think that's true. Like, oh man. So, and I think that that cost him. Well done. Well played. Quality, quality, uh, smart people in Hollywood yeah. sometimes. Right? But, but getting back to the fan fest, I am obviously I'm looking forward to seeing some of the movie figures and uh, Golding being involved is great because it shows he's he's a team player. We like that. I can't imagine they've got enough reveals to fill an hour with a two man tap dance show. No, no offense to Lenny, who's a friend and a guy I like a lot. Um, and the other gal, I don't know at all, but an hour is a long time to fill. A long uh, time. I'm going to guess if, if they've got a few minutes of pre-recorded Henry Golding, um, they they probably got forty minutes and then then there'll be an intermission. I think that's yeah. that's how a lot of it's going to go. There'll be between thirty and forty five minutes on each. That's probably right. And probably then, not taking live questions. I imagine. Yeah, I don't figure so. No, <laughs> no. But that's the news. Just like that. That is. That's it. That's that's. There's more news that came up right as we were going on the air, and we'll get it next time around. Whatever we don't. Yeah. We're. we're this this is a this is a low budget two bit slime show, right? Can't be changing things on the fly. Uh-uh. I I got audio video stuff to prepare. <laughs> Crazy people with your news breaking. Yeah. Uh. Anyways, uh, it's time for postdoc. And uh, postdoc is as everything else brought to you by our fine friends at Kokomo Toys. Our uh, first letter in the postdoc tonight. Greetings, my friends. I really enjoyed the last episode. This would be two episodes ago on fantasy booking G.I. Joe Retrowaves 4 and 5. I'm hoping to see a similar episode where you predict the next waves for classified. Maybe. Maybe. My question is, if G.I. Joe never existed, what property would be in its place for you? Bonus points if you could come up with an appropriate name for a podcast about it. Thanks. That's from Joe Self via email. Joe's floating around live chat as well today. So thank you for the letter, Joe. Mark Weber, if G.I. Joe never existed, what would be in its place? I mean, I think for a lot of of kids, you know, my age, your age, uh, a lot of us, uh, Transformers was 1A, right? Or 2, either way. But the cartoons ran back to back a lot. They had a similar feel. The Hasbro comics had a similar feel uh, of being a little more realistic than you know what you were seeing uh on your screens so i've always felt that joe fans were cool with transformers and transformers fans were by and large cool with gi joe so that that's an easy one for me if it wasn't joe it would have been and, and truly it was it was transformers was my my you know mistress if i was married to joe then I was sneaking out with transformers and but for a podcast like you had to be careful with that because you can't most good podcasts play off their subject material for their title. And you got to be careful with transformers, right? Cause there's parts of that, that mean something totally different, not toy related. So I am not going to just spit one out here and pretend like it's gold, but maybe I'll think about it for a while. Okay. Uh, truthfully, uh, I like transformers, but I was even as a, as a child, I'm probably more into Transformers now as toys uh, because they can actually move and do stuff. Uh, whereas when we were kids, Transformers were just kind of bricks with with movable arms in a lot of cases. Yeah, which was great. I mean, it was they they were 
cutting edge in their own way. But art, if it was me and Rack Time Rob, the, the, the property we played with the most after Joe was DC Superpowers. Okay. And so, yeah, I'd be, I'd be DC Comics superheroes action figures. Awesome. And You're more was, of a Marvel guy, though, aren't you? No, no, I'm no? a Spider. I'm a Spider-Man guy, but I'm probably more of a DC guy. Okay. And um, so, as I mean, a a superpowers podcast. I mean, that's almost it right there. But you just call it superpowered, and there and you go. But um, unfortunately, we don't have any uh, bad pun names like "What's on Joe Mind." Right. Uh, on Joe Mind, for, for those of you who are new, it is a placeholder name, much like Cobra Law. Like uh, Buzz Dixon came on and told us Cobra Law was a placeholder name, and he's told that story to lots of outlets. But it was just something that they had in the script until they thought of something better, and then the higher-ups decided they liked Cobra Law and they were stuck with it. Well, back when, when Gary and, and the bunch were getting together, the the early episodes of this podcast they figured well we'll just we'll put a stupid joke in there and we'll come back and and get something else in there later and they could never really think of something else and so what's on joe mind stuck i like it it's classic so yeah now now it's uh it's there for us whether we like it or not i like it i'm, I'm making it sound i like, like it but it I works like it. so thank you joe uh, next letter. Hey, team. I've been loving the stream since I found them on YouTube. Thank you. Everyone seems to ask what are the top five figures that you would like to see made. I ask what two figures would you actually like to see them wait on, if made at all. Thanks for the content. Matt Rubin, another guy who's floating around there in the live chat tonight uh, via email. P.S. No Mercer for Mike, nor Ricondo for Joe. Um, too, too obvious. Right? Yeah. Uh, so... Mark, go ahead. What, what's two two guys that you don't care if they make in, in classified? I mean, I've been pretty clear about my long-term hatred for Billy, right? No Billy ever, right? Don't ever give me Billy. There's <laughs> always a better choice than Billy. So <laughs> we'll stay away. Stay away from the Billy. Um, one that I've heard that I think is interesting just because of the scale like to do him right, you'd probably be talking like a Hulk scale kind of figure. That's Road Pig, right? There are a lot of people who are, who I think Road Pig is disproportionately popular. Like the people who like him really like him. But overall, I don't think he's that popular guy. Like, for, and maybe that's my own bias, right? For me, there's five, six dreadnoughts I like better than that guy. So, but I could see where the cinder block hammer is a cool accessory, you know, to make a guy that physically large. I mean, he should dwarf roadblock and gung ho if they made him act, you know, accurate, so to speak. But I, I just don't need to see that not over, you know, Ripper or, you know, Xandar or I was always a torch guy. Right. Or even if you don't even get into dreadnoughts, there's so many guys I'd rather see, I'd, you know, from uh, scrap iron. Right. And it's just there's cool guys you could get to interrogator, for God's sake. Um, 
<laughs> but you can wait a long time on Road Pig, and I never need to see Billy, you know, because if they put out Billy and he's just a kid and he doesn't sell, then they might go, well, let's give him an eye patch. Now he's a pirate. And they go, no, oh, no, it didn't work either. Well, let's give him some swords. We'll make him a ninja pirate. Ah. No, still not interesting. Okay, well, fine. Hey, let's give him a robot leg. Now he's the bionic pirate ninja son of the bad guy. And I'm like, he's poochie now at some point, right? Like, I don't need him. Never did. So, yeah, Billy, don't need him. Yeah, Billy was was number one on my list, too. Yeah, oh. No love for Billy. Mm-mm. And I can hear in the back of my head, I can hear Gary Godso just going absolutely insane. Um, is he a big, he's a Billy Hawk? He's a Billy Hawk, yes. Oh. He is all about the Billy. Even as a kid, like beyond the first arc, the idea that, oh my God, Cobra Commander has a son and Destro won't allow that to happen because he's an honorable guy, even though he's a villain. Like, okay, I'm in. But I never needed to see him again. Never. And God, every time I saw him, I was like, there's 250 interesting characters. And I'm getting a, a six-issue arc about Billy. Right. Just fantastic. Yeah, and, and truthfully, like again, Billy makes more sense now as an adult. Because I understand that uh, Hasbro was pretty pretty iffy about their guys getting wounded and and really gave a, a, a big no-go to their guys getting killed. So if Larry wanted to have the ramifications of battle be shown, it was generally through characters that he had to create himself, right? Mm-hmm. So I get that as an adult, but it, it made for some weird storytelling if you're a kid. And that's that was my only, my only hang-up with the comic book back in the day. Uh, Rack Time Rob throws the question, what about Cub Scout Assassin Billy? I'm in for Cub Scout Assassin Billy. Because <laughs> that's just silly enough to, yeah, I'm in for yeah. Cub Scout Assassin Billy. Yeah. And Marco Stunt will play him in the movie. It'll be great. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. Five foot um, negative six wrestler Marco Stunt. Yeah. Um, I have, I, I don't really have somebody for a number two spot. Like I, I, just if they do classified forever and get to everybody, I'm thrilled. So, uh, so long as, as Billy gets pushed, you know, kick that can on down the, the line as, as long as you can. Yeah. I, I know it's a big joke. Oh, Mike hates Mercer. Eh, Mike's not a big Mercer fan, but if they made Mercer, it wouldn't exactly, it wouldn't have really ruined my day. They, they could just use the uh, winter soldier tooling, right? Got your metal arm, your Mercer V2. Sure. Just give him a, a, head with a, a neatly trimmed beard and that's Mercer version too. There you go. I, you know, I, I, if, if Mercer is popular and they make Mercer and Mercer sells, then I'm happy they made Mercer. Um, so yeah, anyways, that's, that's that. If Mercer's so, on the peg right in front of you, you got 20 bucks in your pocket. Is he coming home or is he if, staying put? It, it, version one Mercer. I'm probably picking him up. Okay, I probably picked up. I think that was a, that was a pretty solid character design. Yeah, Be- I yeah. mean best best of the of the three, right? Yeah, he had that dopey flat top, which which you know I you know it it works. My my problems with Mercer are not aesthetically; it's just right. it's 
he's I think he's a bad story, but yeah. I don't think he's a bad figure. I, I was always partial to the guys with pistols, right? Because we didn't get many pistols early in the run. So, you know, Zartan and, and Destro had them. But, I mean, beyond, I forget what the first pistol was. It wasn't Chuckles or Mercer. Maybe it was. Hawk. Didn't General Hawk came with a pistol, right? The second Hawk. That was 86 already. Lifeline had a pistol. Yeah, also 86. So, I mean, yeah, Cobra Commander obviously was was early with a pistol, but he's, he's a Cobra. That's a hairdryer. I mean, let's be honest. I'm. I can't think of a. Alpine had that little submachine gun. It was. Yeah, single single hand weapon. Even though it had two handles, but. Yeah. Try getting was, that. Try getting that in both hands, and I'll see you. Th- I'll see you and raise you a thumb. It was a, a mid-sized uh, MP5, I think. But yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. Kill so, Hall. Yeah, probably. I just I just thought of that when I looked at Philip Donnelly's post. Over here in the comments. Thank you, Philip. I'll get it on uh, screen. Just hey! I didn't steal it. I give you full credit for that. Bill with his natalie trimmed tube beard. Yeah. I didn't care for Chuckles much as a figure because the wine shirt and all. Um, but, man, functional shoulder holster? I'm in. Right? It's quality I, stuff. Yeah. I wish Steeler would have had that because he had and clutch, too, right? Yeah. Because they had shoulder holsters that you know, we're just molded on. So anyway, next letter. Hey gang, it's time for a serious question. If GI Joe and Cobra had to settle their differences with a tag team wrestling match, which Joe would Sergeant Slaughter pick to be his partner? Who would be their manager or valet? And who would Cobra send out? Should we expect cheating by the bad guys? Um, duh. And hey, if they can play a football game in the Deke animated series, then we could talk about a wrestling match. That is from Brad Glynn via email. And thanks for that letter, Brad. So who, who you got, Mr. Wrestler Booker Man? I mean, we already talked Road Pig, right? Like, if you're going to go with your typical beefy heel team, it's got to be Big Boa and Road Pig, right? Yeah. I mean, that's simple. But rather than having the two, I always kind of like the, especially for heels, the little guy with the monster to hide behind, right? So Take either of them, Big Boa or Road Pig. I don't care. And and Mindbender, right? You got to go with mine. Maybe I'm just picking guys who already look like they're in wrestling outfits. Yeah, he's dressed for it. So right? Mindbender is fine. But with the monocle and the... Mindbender can take a bump, man. Look at those abs. Can't you see Mindbender going to lock up and then chickening out and putting his head under the rope and telling the ref, back him off, back him off, back him off? Meanwhile, uh, Daniel Rodriguez has stolen my pick. The fridge. Eh, fridge and Sarge. Absolutely. I that that's hard to beat, but I'll do it. Right? Absolutely. Because I will all face for face versus face. Sarge and the fridge versus Sarge and Robo Joe. Right? Like, come on. I mean, WCW had Robocop help Sting. Yeah, it was terrible. So, yeah, I know. It's a low bar. Be easy to beat. That's why I t- take the fridge out there. He's got the fridge has to be better on the microphone than Steve Mongo McMichael, right? Yeah. Well, and in the ring, too, probably. He has to be has better to be. on the microphone than Kevin Green, right? <laughs> Rest dearly, in peace. 
dearly departed. Yeah. Um, I just wonder if after spending all the money, right, to get the fridge in, you know, at his height, like now you could probably get him. But at the height of his popularity, when he was it in the NFL, right? I think they'd probably only have enough money left for like sparklers and a fire extinguisher for their exploding barbed wire death match. <laughs> it'd just be like poof. <laughs> well, what's important there is you're not bitter. I don't know. Who would do such a thing? <laughs> next, next letter. Do more fantasy waves for the 3.75-inch lineup in future episodes. Okay. Right. Really appreciate the picks for rare figures. Here are some questions. Should most of the first waves be builders, eels, bats, etc., in order to help the three and three-quarter toys sell? Can a first wave be a mostly builder kind? Example, uh, fantasy first wave tech theme. Mainframe unmasked, mainframes techies, same uniform yet different accessories with three different heads. Noggins can look like Weber, DePriest, etc. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna kiss up to Daryl on my yeah. show, but not me. Okay, thanks. No. Thanks for that, dude. Uh Data Vipers repainted in traditional Cobra Blue. I kind of like that. Uh mm -hmm. Crimsons or Crimson, etc. Uh, and then satellite vipers, new builders flowing with the tech theme. Playset can be a huge headquarters computer center similar to the classic comic or cartoon in a colorful, affordable mix of cardboard and plastic. That is from Chris Ryder via email, and Shipwreck is overjoyed at the thought of that one. Right. So, Mark Weber, can a first wave of figures be mostly army builders? I think the way they've usually done it is to have one army builder in a set. Uh, or in a wave. And I kind of like that. I mean, Joe is Joe is really blessed as a brand to have, God, 12 or 14 resonating army builders, right? Most, right. Uh, most uh, franchises are thrilled if they can get one, right? If you have a stormtrooper, you're gold. You can print stormtroopers forever. Just feed them out slow. Whereas the ranks of the Cobras and even the green shirts, like you can do those like crazy. So I don't know that I would want to burn them that quickly. Um, and, and I, I have always thought they should hold on to those, hold on to those and do them on, do them on the pulse and sell them in five packs. Like they're doing it with, uh, I think Hydra soldiers and maybe hellfire club troopers where they come in minimized packaging, no window, three to a box at a slightly lower price. And they, I would just feed those out evergreen. You know, whenever stock started running low, I'd put more out or I'd change it slightly and put a different one out. I would keep that in-house if I was Asbro and I would feed that army builder uh, out there like crazy and make it something you can't get in stores. Um, and if, if you know, the, the argument is if they're selling... Crimson Guardsmen, right? Exclusive to the Hasbro Pulse, three to a box, and they're 50 bucks, right, for three. So you're saving a little bit of scratch. Think of the, the profit on that for them, right? For something, an unlicensed uh, property they aren't licensing. They pay no licensing fees to it. 
And if has if Target squawks and goes, you know, we haven't had an exclusive figure to run pre-orders on and then cancel on our, you know, good fans who stayed up to order it, say, fine, we'll give you an eel, right? Or we'll give you the bat, or we'll give you the televiper, or we'll give you the frag viper, or whatever. There's plenty they can go to, but I would hold on to that kind of stuff. And and even though tech is a huge part of modern warfare, I don't know that it's ever going to be really thrilling as a toy. So I don't know that I don't know the tech theme. Certainly isn't the one I'd start with. And I would stay away from noggins like me or Mike's because you're just wasting plastic money, right? Yeah. Gigantic. Yeah, we look like Charlie Brown in real life. So we don't need that. Um, and Daryl actually has a head on a figure. He was General Mayhem, I think. Uh, he was he was Iron Bear. Iron Bear. There, there you go. Oh yeah, uh, General Mayhem had the cool mustache, right? Yeah, he had the yeah yeah the, the, the bird side there. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Daryl and uh, somebody somebody made a Daryl custom and used that head, which is an expensive figure to get. So. Yes. Uh, it was uh, Troy McKee made uh, for one of the Joe Fests or Joe Cons had his thing was me and Daryl with a display case as action figures. And I was always impressed that he bit the bullet on buying that extra Daryl head just to make a really legit Daryl fig. Mm. So props to Troy McKee. I still have yeah. that. I, I don't... Uh... I don't think it's a question if a mostly army builder wave would sell. I think it, it it probably would. But I think the problem you run into it as a first wave is that at wave two rolls around, you have a tough time convincing your retailers that it's going to sell as well. Yeah. You know, if, if wave two comes around and you, you know, suddenly you've only maybe got one army builder and a bunch of single characters to start filling in holes. Uh, it's not going to sell as much because you're not army building everything and it gets really difficult. So I think the example that Chris gave us here is an interesting one. Uh, I don't think that's, uh, that would be my first wave of a GI Joe property, you know, GI Joe line ever. Um, you know, there, there's plenty of Joes out there and I don't want to criticize mainframe. He's certainly on that, that B tier of guys who's really well known. Mm -hmm. But it's not one of your core guys, you know. You're, yeah. You you can't build the you can't build wave one of a GI Joe uh, toy line around mainframe. No, and, and if you're if you're trying to appeal to kids, and you should be, yeah, the guy with the computer. I mean, even as a kid, I remember looking at mainframe and going, "He's cool looking," and I can see where that skill set is desperately needed on the team. But if I had three bucks in my pocket. It was going to be several trips before mainframe was my choice of what's coming home this week to join you know, the ar join my army. Moved mainframe up a number of spots. A weapon? Have they given him a weapon? Exactly. Yeah. Well, and he's he's a marine, as I recall, right? Like he's he's not a nerd. He's not a you know. Oh, all I've got is my computer, and I can't help any other way. Right. So yeah, just just a rifle. Or even a pistol would have would have helped a lot, I think. And uh, there again, we get shipwreck, and that is that is the the end of post sock. 
Cover girl, still not impressed. Still, uh, frankly, she's stunned. <laughs> and so, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of meat, right? I mean, he's he look shipwreck clearly um, has not skipped leg day. No, it's always leg day for shipwreck. Yeah, I mean, he's he's working it. Clearly, has not skipped leg day. Uh, brings us to the, our, our our the what everyone is here to see is the contest entry rules. Oh, that's right. The damn show contest. Um, that is right. We finally have uh, we've crested past the 500 subscriber plateau, and so it's time to give away GI Joe Classified, Gung Ho, and Cobra Commander. Very nice. So that's going to bring us bring us back to an audio visual display. Contest entry rules. One subscribe. Obviously, if we're going to do a subscription based contest, you need yeah. to be a subscriber to our channel. Duh. Number two. Leave a comment on this video. Comment must include your actual name and your YouTube username. Past that, we don't care. Be funny. Write a haiku. Tell us why you love the Deke cartoons. Whatever. But as always, we'll delete anything lewd, derogatory, or similarly offensive, and deleted posts can't win. As always, D-Bad, the Gary Godso saying, don't be a dick. Yeah. Oh, you, you, you took out a word there. As supposed to say, as always, we'll screenshot, then delete anything lewd, derogatory, or similarly offensive. Well, so we can so we can use it. Sure. Yeah, in the future. <laughs> so yes, you must leave a con comment down there. Live stream comments. Uh no, no. Don't count. Comment must be timestamped before 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday, March 25, 2021. That is next week. That is Thursday evening. Um, because, frankly, Thursday night, I'm going to be getting all this together. And then contest rule number four, live stream comments do not count and are not nope. eligible. It's got to be a comment found under the video. Good luck. And the winner will be announced live on the March 26th. What's on Joe Mine team stream? So I think there's a. Mark, sorry, you got something? I just think there's a real opportunity. I hadn't occurred to me here. The fact that we want real names to go with on screen handles, that is just double benefit because we might find out that, you know, somebody named, you know, Interrogator 88. His real name is, you know, Mike Trout. And we're like, whoa, who knew? Right? Awesome. Very cool. Or we might find out that screen name Philip Donnelly, his real name is like, you know, Biff McHonky Dog or something, right? And nobody knew that before. So. What other secrets you hiding, Biff? Right? So this is this is brilliant. I like I like where we're at here. So. So, and of course, as, as is standard, uh, members of the Watch on Joe Mind staff are not eligible no. uh, to win. So the, the three of us and Racktime Rob, we're out. We're not winning. Look, 
I just gave Philip Donnelly a nickname. <laughs> Biff McHockeyDonk. There we go. No charge, by the way. But uh, as far as real names go, we need like we need a real first name. I don't need like your whole legal name, but I need a, an actual name because we need. Obviously, if if you're only putting your YouTube alias down, anybody can write us an email and pretend to be you, and we're not necessarily going to catch that, and then we've got problems when more oh, than I one person tries to claim a to try to claim a prize. So we need we need something. Um, and, uh, you know, so if you've got Biff McHonky Donk, a.k.a. Philip Donnelly, in your comments, uh, write a brief haiku uh, about your love for the Deke cartoons. And there you go. Right. And let, let's be clear about that. I'm not making fun of our friend Philip Donnelly. I grabbed him because that's a name that is well known and well-respected in the hobby. And I think it would be hilarious if we found out that's not really his name. So don't make it something it wasn't. That was nothing but respect when I called our good friend Biff McConkey Dog. <laughs> so I'm taking a few seconds and putting the contrast entry rules uh, alone on the screen so that you can screen cap them or do what you need to do. Uh, just so they're real clear for everybody. And again, you've got until next Thursday at 7 p.m. So be sure to spread this around, uh, like the video, share the video, uh, and let's let's get as many entries as we can. Um, so I'll pull that down. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna set this up to to share a different screen. So bear with me just a second. To show you how we pick that winner live on the show next week. It's gonna be good. It is gonna be good. The claw chooses, right? The claw chooses. No, even better. We have the magic wheel. Oh, this is gonna be good. I thought we'd do a hintless uh crossword puzzle. No, no, but but maybe maybe next time. Is this like the Letterman Wheel of Fun? where they had trash the Donahue set as one of the options. Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a thought. We may, may, might be able to do something about it next time, but basically we will have everybody on the, the wheel. This one is uh, the four of us involved with the program and the fictional Mook Mookerson. Nice. And we will just hit the little spin button in the middle and where she stops. Nobody knows. And our winner is Joe Cole because she's okay. not here. Do you have, there's a good question. Like with most con, most contests, do you have to be present to win? You do not okay. have to be present to win. Right. Uh, we do a live broadcast, but, but absolutely. If you, if you're, you know, in Australia or you're in the UK and being here live is that inconvenient for you, there's a reason we do this on YouTube. So you can, you can check it out later and, and figure out that you're a winner later on down the road. And now to, to put the joke, the joke has come full circle because obviously our Joe tag team champions of the world are Mook Mookerson and Biff McConkey dog. <laughs> oh, right time. The winner. Congratulations, Rob. 
the new miracle violence connection. You've won absolutely nothing. You've and won. We'll just go one more time. Oh, Joe Colton again. You know, it's funny. When I was setting this up last night and figuring out what I wanted to do, Joe Colton was the one that never won. <laughs> and now that, we're, now that we're on the air. And I, I had to, like, I created this wheel and I probably spun it 50 times. Joe Colton never won. <laughs> uh, and now, of course, now that we're on live and on the air, she's going to win two out of three. Can't be stopped. It's it's an amazing run. Oh, that's me. You are a winner. Our most common winner when I was setting this up last night was was Mark Weber. You win a new a new era New York Yankees hat, size seven and a quarter. Jesus, no. <laughs> See, I'm amazing. I was just trying to get a win from Mook Mookerson because you know Apparently it's tough enough. Tough enough being Mook Mookerson. I, you, He's the George South of this wheel. Just ain't never going to happen. The yeah. Rusty Brooks of the wheel. <laughs> the razor shines. Oh, man. You'll never score. That's the, the major league record that razor shines holds, by the way. What's that? He, most at bats for a non-pitcher in major league history without scoring a run. Ooh. Yeah, and it's like 80-something. Right? Oh, that's rough. This is a man who's hit doubles and triples at the major league level and never scored. Just died out there, huh? Just died. Just couple. Nothing. You remember a couple of years ago when the Yankees had Jose Molina as their backup catcher? So he didn't play a whole lot. And he started the year like 0 for 48. And that was stretched out over like two and a half months. Like that was yeah. a long way. And then he cracked one in the gap that didn't quite make the wall and made that turn pass first <laughs> and was out by like 10 seconds at second yeah. base, right? By about a week and a half, yes. And the and and the dugout just lost their minds. Like it was the it was oh for the year in 10 weeks and he hadn't been on base. And he decided, no, I'm going for two. <laughs> he smoked, smoked one into the gap. And, and just, but he, you know, the outfield played it well. They were on top of it quickly. And he was out by 20 feet at second base. He, he was laughing before he started to slide. <laughs> right. It was That's so bad. bad. It was like that scene in the major league where Willie Mays Hayes slides too early and runs out of gas. Come on, come on. Good stuff. So that is the plug the damn show contest. Uh, make sure you are leaving a message down there for us. Down where? Down there. <laughs> and of course, be sure to like the video. And, uh, you know, if you haven't subscribed by all, I mean, come on now. If you haven't subscribed by this point, is there something wrong with you? Right. That's and all we've talked about for how many months? Subscribing to the damn channel. Subscribe already. Stop playing coy. Yeah. Come on. You know you like us. Let's put on the promise ring and be exclusive. It's about time. Hey, it does beg the question because the fine folks at Kokomo Toys have have provided us with more than just what you have in your hot little hands there, right? Yes. At some point, don't we have a thousand subscriber contests to unveil? 
we do have a thousand subscriber contest. Yeah. Let's get finished with the 500 subscribers contest first. Then we'll start teasing what's going to be in the next one uh, further down the line. Yeah. But that, that was so good. I don't think you can classify it as a tease. So that's five shadowing. That's what I just gave you. <laughs> five shadowing. Five that, shadowing. Like, when the, the hairline starts to go, you get the five head. Is that yeah, what that yeah. is? Okay. Yeah. Philip Donnelly, not ready for commitment. Fine. I mean, Biff McConkie Donk is, is a tough one to nail down. I hope I didn't hang that on him. You totally did. Well, totally did. I'm the honcho, so. Yeah, the honcho. Sometimes sometimes we end up places we never intended to go. The honcho is not a bad nickname. You're, it's neither, is, neither is Biff McConkie Donk, let's be honest. Well, I mean, it's Biff McConkie Donk's a good nickname, but it's it's not good for Phil. Ah, no. It's good for the rest of us. Yeah, that's true. But it's not good for Phil. I'm not. I'm not related to Mike Honcho. No, of, of Playgirl fame. No, no, no. And uh, wait till Mook joins the chat. Well, that is. <laughs> he, won't he have some stories? That Mook. Mook Mookerson. <laughs> so I think it looks like I have a I have a feeling we're gonna finish this one up without Joe Colton, Mark Weber. Well, um it would mean so next week will she be late for this week's show or uh, early for next week's show or you know, late for the following week's show. I'm not gonna rule out anything. But while while we contemplate all of those of life's mysteries there, um what we what'd you get in this week? Uh, it was a really slow week toy-wise. Don't have anything toy-wise. But I did some low-budget shopping uh, from a movie perspective. So uh, we'll, we'll just bring a couple up right here, right? Can't go wrong with the old... Uh, I'm in. Back, back when Sandler was brilliant. So I'm all over that. And then... Those two and the water boy, and I'm, I'm good for the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then never seen this. I I don't know what that is either. Excalibur. It's a King Arthur story, but it was rated R, and it came out in like '82 or something. So I was way I was all over anything King Arthur, but it was rated R. So it was one of those I just didn't match up right, and that was before we had video stores really, and no VCR in the Weber house, and no Showtime or anything. So it's just a film classic I've always missed. So it was like five bucks on Amazon. So I'm in, and so then that, that animated. No, no, no. It's live action. Okay. All right. It's like uh, Helen Mirren is in it. She's probably right. like 24 and gorgeous. So <laughs> I'm already right that. Four, but probably looking pretty good. Yeah. Now, what's the best, most realistic shootout scene in movie history? Mm, I'm going to get this wrong. So just bail me out. Right here, baby. Ah, uh, see, you know, I've never seen Heat. Oh, they brought I forget who the guy was, but they brought in an, an actual legit military guy to walk the act. I mean, they, all actors do the firearms training, right? So they're ejecting magazines correctly. And, and you know, they show uh, Keanu Reeves is actually a really talented shot because um, he's done so much of it in his movie career, but they actually had this guy work with the actors and, and adjust the script 
on how they would, if they were all military trained, how would the bank robbers advance, right? Trying to get out of the bank while protecting everybody in the crew. And so it is, I think, uh, truth be told, I think Heat is a little overrated as a movie because everybody was so dying for the Pacino De Niro bits. But that shootout is through the roof. And unfortunately, it'll never be as good as it was in the theater because of the sound of the bullets and the falling shells and the casings and just, it's incredible. So uh, my son, Derek, who's 14, is really getting into uh, how films are shot, right? And he likes stuff with actual legitimate effects, not CGI. Like, I remember the movie Troy, where they zoom out and you're looking at the ocean and all of a sudden there's a ship and then they keep zooming and, oh my God, there's 8 million ships, right? But it's all CGI, right? It's not special on any level, but something like Backdraft, where they actually filmed in fire and around explosions and stuff. That's really cool. My son digs it. So I want, I think he's going to eat up the shootout scene and heat. So, so that's what I like. Have you done film school with him with the blues brothers chase scene? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Blues brothers is great. And blues brothers is so good that uh, fathom events who does great work and brings movies back to theaters. Uh, and we've gone to a couple of their, of their showings. They had a blues brothers showing for the 40th anniversary of blues brothers in, I think it was like last November. And I bought tickets for me and the two kids and said, we'll go, we'll wear our masks the whole time, no popcorn. And if the theater is busy at all, we can't stay. And, that, and they knew that going in because it was still a little early to be going to the movie theater. Uh, but luckily it was a Sunday afternoon show. Hardly anybody in the theater were all spaced out and we got to watch it in the theater. And there's just something to that. And, a free plug for Fathom events because I've seen uh, the, the first Alien in theaters because of them because I was way too young to see that in the theater. Uh, and then we just saw Blues Brothers and there was something else I saw. Uh, but they just, oh, Terminator 2. I took Derek to see Terminator 2 in the theater because there's something about the theatrical experience that you can't replicate perfectly. I don't care how good your system is. So, uh, yeah, they watch the Blues Brothers chase. And one of my favorite bits, uh, watching Blues Brothers, because I've seen it a million times, I never had the subtitles on before, but my kids like subtitles on their movies. And when the penguin is beating on them with the stick, right? And then breaks it over, uh, over Jake's head. Elwood has a line I've lost in the commotion of the scrambling desks where he pops out of the desk and abandons his brother. And he says to clean it up a little bit, F this noise, man. <laughs> and I'd never seen it before. It's totally lost in the audio. And it's my favorite line in a movie full of quotable lines. Right? F this noise, man, and just abandons his brother to the <laughs> penguin. So good. <laughs> so there you go. That's long-winded, but that's what I got in this week. My, mine is uh, similarly brief. And if you follow us on Instagram, link below. Um, down where? Down there. 
Down where? Down there. Um, the uh, Beach Party 86 grew by one more as we got number 17 in hand. It looks, oh, he's looking good. He, he's he's not as not as good as number 16. He's a little bit, joints are a little bit loose. Uh, he's got a crack in his elbow, uh, but he's got all of his stuff. And and he's far from the worst member of the party by any stretch. So, hold on, hold on. I've never seen Blues Brothers. No, no, no. He's never seen Blues Brother. Well, but yeah. It's, a, it's actually the sequel, Blues Brothers, that's better. Yeah. <laughs> Matt. I mean. Uh, dude. Uh, once this is done you need to go and just buy that on Amazon and watch it because it's fantastic. It's so good. Uh, and, and that's, that's all there is to it. It's it, one of the defining comedies in all of cinema. Yep. It's so good. There's still green lighting SNL movies today. Yeah. Based on it and, and wings world. So good. Like ima imagine a hysterical comedy with two of the best comedians of the day, with all of the top musical acts cameoing, like when when that when that movie hit number one on the charts, the soundtrack was already number one. Yeah, and that was hot on the heels of them just putting out an album before that, which also went to number one. Yeah. So yeah, the mu the music stuff is legit, and then on top of it, it's just this crazy ass funny movie. So. Yeah. Yeah, you need you need to get on that one, Matt Rubin. I once bought oh. a car in New Jersey and drove it back to Oregon, and and no cassette because this was 1990, and I was slow on the CD pickup. No cassette got more play than the Blues Brothers soundtrack, going coast to coast. Just eminently listenable and re-listenable. Yeah, just beautiful. Uh, yep. And right there, you finished. Never seen any Blues Brothers movies. Well, there's only two, and no. the second one doesn't count. No, so there's only one. 1980s The Blues Brothers is the only one you need to see there. Um, I'll give I'll give a little bit of credit to the sequel, Blues Brothers 2000, and that great soundtrack. Bad movie. Yeah. Um, and but um, the Godfather movies one and two are fantastic, and three is just weird. Yeah. Like I don't even think three is bad. It's just weird. Anyways, I, uh, I never saw three because the the you know the word of mouth on it is so bad. I I watched and it's it's not as good as the first two. I'm not going to stand it up with those two, but it's it's not awful. It's just strange. It's the the whole aesthetic on it is is odd considering what the first two did for the mafia movie, mm -hmm. and the third one tries to completely do outside of that motif, and it's just strange. I think I've waited this long to watch it. I think at this point I'll just wait for the Snyder cut. Yeah, you're not missing anything. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we so for that we have that film to thank for its Pat and Stuart saves his family. Um, I've seen Stuart saves his family. That's not a particularly good movie. And Ladies Man wasn't there a Ladies Man movie? Man movie. Leon Phelps, the Ladies Man. That's tough. 
Oh, and Superstar, right? Was there a Mary Catherine whatever movie? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. Don't forget the 90s Coneheads. Oh, so bad. Mm. Anyhow, moving forward. Uh, shout outs, Mark Weber. What you got, man? Uh, well, let's give a shout out to uh, Joe Colton. <laughs> we will uh, we will see her soon. Um, I always shout out uh, Jamie Sullivan because he's still selling fantastic stuff through his Facebook page uh, and some new stuff and, and different stuff seems to go up every week. So, you know, if you, if you haven't checked it out, you absolutely should because it's brilliant artwork and it's not, it's priced pretty affordably, I think. So nobody is, uh, is uh, unable, right? Well, everybody has their own finances, but there, the price itself won't give you sticker shock. And some of it was stuff that was gigantic, like five feet wide prints originally that was actually uh, shrunk down. So they're, they're more affordable now. Uh, so for uh, you know, a good guy who uh, has had a tough year, Check out Jamie Sullivan on Facebook. He's got some, uh, he's got some killer stuff out there. A quick question: Should Ghostbusters count as an honorary Saturday Night Live film? No, no, no. absolutely not. No, I mean it has some some of the guys from the SNL pantheon, but no, 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 no. not based on an SNL bit at all. So, no, no. Um. That's it for shout outs, Mark. Yeah, that's good. I am going to, of course, shout out to the fourth man of the What's on Joe Mine team, Racktime Rob. Oli the Rock Anderson. Oli. Um, give a shout out to Paul Aller and Chris Evanhoyce and the team of the G.I. Joe comic. Got to read G.I. Joe Castlefall today. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, it is a kind of a close of act one on their story. And it is really, really great. Uh, so I recommend if you are not picking up that book, you're missing out on not just a great G.I. Joe comic, but a great comic full stop. Get your get G.I. Joe on your pull list if it's not there already. Um, give a shout out to our friends at Kokomo Toys. Ooh, of course are the sponsors of the uh, Plug the Damn Show contest. And, and these will belong to one of you within the next couple of weeks. So remember to to get your, your entries down there. Down there. Um, to our fans, uh, if you're watching in the live stream tonight, kudos, we thank you. If you are watching this on a recording, we thank you too. We love you just as much. Um, it's, um, you know, we, we've format changes are tough and we've managed to, to make this one fairly smoothly. Uh, and we wouldn't have been able to do that without you guys, without our fans to, to follow us. Otherwise we're just shouting crazy words into the, the, the void and, and nothing mm -hmm. coming back to us. So, um, you know, again, to our, to all of our fans. Uh, young, old, and otherwise. Um, a shout out there. Um, Joe Colton, we missed you. Mm -hmm. Shout out anyway. Can we give a shout out to Matt Rubin, 
who hasn't seen Blues Brothers but brought up Night at the Roxbury in the comments. If you if you saw that and haven't seen Blues Brothers, we got issues. We got we don't have issues. We have subscriptions. I don't know how Racktime Rob has not kicked him out of the chat yet. Man, frankly, with his moderator powers, I don't know how that's happened. He is the more even-handed and benevolent ruler than I would be. Is all I'm saying. Telling you. So, you got any last uh, last thoughts there, Mark Weber? Before we get out of here. Uh, no, I mean, I'm excited about, I mean, by and large, it's a good week to be a Joe fan. You know, even with the with the line out. To be a Joe fan, Mark Weber. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, but we got some stuff this week. Like, the mini-mates are cool. They look good. And if you're not a mini-mate guy, that's fine. I'm not. But they look good. The Mezco Destro looks great. Uh, we're finally going to see some Snake Eyes movie stuff coming up. So, uh, and I hadn't, I hadn't been, to, I didn't get to the comic shop this week. So I haven't read Castlefall, but I'm looking forward to it because Aller's stuff is great. And if you haven't read it, I'm sure there's going to be a trade paperback coming now that they've got 12 issues down, right? So I, I believe yeah. the trade for the first six is coming next month. There you go. So you, know, you, you got some options here. So the, you know, it, it excites me as a fan when there's things going on with the brand that are quality. So Rob is not alienating subscribers. This is a place to learn. Yeah, fair enough. Again, a far more even-handed and benevolent ruler than I would be. And which is ironic because by all accounts, Ole Anderson was one of the most detached and, and vicious bookers of all time. Yeah. That no grudge too small for Ole Anderson. (laughs) Right. But, but, but cool. Cool. So we appreciate, we appreciate the growth <laughs> of our Oli over, over the previous. So it just enhances our sense of irony. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I agree with you hundred percent, Mark. It, it's never been a, a better time to be a Joe fan. Uh, please remember to do all of the YouTube things. I know I've said it a few times and I'm in broken record territory, but uh, like our video, share our video. Uh, subscribe to our channel and leave a comment today is today more than ever leave a comment because it registers you for our giveaway um and uh, be sure to be back next week uh, for a friday 9 p.m team stream here on what's on joe mind everybody have a good night remember to mask up be safe out there i'm waiting for my buster rhymes Finger oh, thing. Come on, man. For Mike Irizarry, I'm Biff McConkey Dog. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> Look at that fish eye.